Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to a special bonus Saturday DFS episode. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo here chatting with my buddy TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4. TJ, what's going on, man? Matt, what's up? Uh, welcome to week five. I'm excited about this slate. We have a lot of uh, premier players, especially in the passing game, off of yeah. the slate. So it kind of sets up for, for an interesting one. Um, some people might call it ugly. I call it interesting. I love the um, uh, optimistic silver linings <laughs> view of, of a slate. Like, you know, yeah, is it ugly? Maybe, but you really could. Interesting sounds much better. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I end up going into every week feeling like, interesting slate again. I think I said that actually on Joe, Hol- our buddy, mutual friend. I know you're on the show too, Joe Holka's show this morning. I said, interesting slate of games this weekend. And I'm like, I actually don't know what I'm talking. Why am I saying this? I I do. <laughs> I do actually like these slates, like where we don't have like the, the, the Chiefs and the Ravens the yeah. offenses that are always going to be project the Rams the Seahawks Mm. games that are always going to be projected for like teams over 30 games that like 55. Um, I think it lets you let's get a little bit more creative in those weeks. Like we're so pigeonholed into a couple games. Like we can still be creative around them, but on weeks like this, um, you can be really creative and be rewarded for it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's uh, very analogous to like a a week one where you can, um, where, where we're not exactly sure who the highest scoring teams are really going to be. And I mean, look at that, man. You're a professional. You just we didn't really know what we meant by this whole interesting thing. And you you <laughs> saved it. I mean, at least I didn't know. So really, like the whole show goes is I'm just here and you're here to kind of save me on things. I mean, listen, we don't even have on the main slate. We don't even have the Jets or the Calvin Ridley less Falcons. I mean, yeah. Yeah, what we, a real uh, barn burner we're missing on that one. <laughs> I know we're just shipping our great offenses over to Europe and letting them have them. We don't need uh-huh. them anymore. We really do. We really do like oh the London game and apology for that one. Yeah, what man. a train. Wreck. We've been sending them Jacksonville for years. Sorry, I'm sorry. We we got fan base listening. We're, we we yeah, like y'all, yeah. you guys. We just from a yeah. fantasy perspective, you know. We know. We we love you guys. I mean, listen, it's the Jets are are hot coming off their first win, so they're they're white hot. We'll see what happens this weekend. But anyways, enough enough of the the banter. Enough of the revelry. Yeah. Little pre-show business before we get into the daily fantasy talk. Sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Plus. Take it for a test drive uh, with a free trial, yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus. Uh, TJ, I kind of ask you before every mm-hmm. we go through all the plays and stuff like how, you know, some kind of grand view lesson. But I wanted to yeah. ask you about specifically two players this week because we've okay. got two 40 plus running yep. backs. We talked a yep. lot about Derrick Henry last week's show and like yep. how to get up to Derrick Henry. And uh, our producer, Brett, took like a mid-game victory lap. Uh, not a victory oh. lap, but so, yeah, he says like, we're oh. going to have to like, we're going to have to apologize for the whole show about like all the Derrick Henry talk. And then he like scores a touchdown like two seconds later. <laughs> Actually, he sent it to me as I was driving back from the Yahoo studios when I got the message. By the time I got home, I was like, I think I think it's fine. It's funny, oh so. yes, do not do not take those uh, DFS victory laps until there are zeros on that clock. Yeah, because it can really get bad. It can really, be, especially in daily fantasy. I mean that it, you never sent the screen, never send the screenshot out of yourself and like, oh, check it out. I'm in. I'm about to. Oh, you never want to do that. Don't do That's it. A, don't don't do, do, it. do that. It's just a way to bring the pain. But um, you know, we are potentially. I feel like CMC is going to play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you navigating? The situation with obviously Derrick Henry at forty two bucks, uh, CMC forty dollars, and like you said, we don't have some of these premier offenses, like the premier quarterbacks, for example, with like Mahomes or um, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson's not on the main slate. Where are you looking at in terms of these two specific running backs? Even if CMC plays, I don't know if we're guaranteed like a full CMC workload. 
So I think the argument for him would be that he's going to be on on relatively few number of rosters, but that game just doesn't set up that beautifully anyway. Um, yeah. So unless we we get some word that he's definitely getting his ninety percent touch share, uh, I just don't know that he's a player even in tournaments that I'm going to be particularly interested in playing. I mean, Derrick Henry, he, it's a it's a very similar spot to what we saw last week. Um, there's plenty of value to go around to be able to get him. A lot of guys that we're actually going to touch on that are min salary or near minimum salary. So if you are playing cash games, I know Yahoo really does skew towards tournaments. Um, but if you're playing cash games like uh, any head to heads or fifty fifties, I'm jamming him in there and then in tournaments. Um, People are getting more salary sensitive and and playing less of players like Derrick Henry. That's why we've seen roster rates um, below thirty percent, even in these really good spots sometimes. Uh, but but I think he's fair and he's he's not a player I'm playing zero percent of or anything like that. Like Got if it. you have a player that expensive, if you are playing something like the baller and Max entering him, it's more about your percentage shares of him. And I think having him in forty percent of your lineups or something like that is fine. Totally cool. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I just wanted to get sort of on the table since we've talked so much about like yeah. Henry and McCaffrey specifically. We haven't been able to talk about McCaffrey for a while because he plays on Thursday Night Football, misses last week, so yep. was worth mentioning, I think. Okay, let's get into the business here. Let's sure. start at quarterback. I'm going to let you open this up with your most expensive quarterback. Yeah, Dak Prescott up at $34, and that's pricey for a quarterback. But um, if we pair him to compare him to some of the other passers, uh, four for four has Dak projected as the QB2 right behind Kyler in projections, but he's $7 less than Kyler in Yahoo's salary and $4 less than Brady. And, and on Yahoo, even that $4, that that, <clears throat> that accounts for a relatively big percentage of, of salary when we are trying to get, do things like like get to Derrick Henry, get to some other expensive uh, pass catchers or running backs. Uh, the the Cowboys do have the highest implied point total of the slate. I know we um, opened it up saying that there there isn't a team that's like going to blow away the field in terms of point expectation, but Cowboys are top uh, 29 and a half points. And Dak, he, he hasn't been like throwing, he, he's not on pace to throw 800 times like we thought he was going to do going yeah. into the season, um, but he hasn't needed to. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. not like the QB one or two, but he's done enough to be very fantasy relevant and to do something like pay off a $34 salary. Seventh in touchdown rate, top seven in adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, He's thrown three plus touchdowns in three of his games. The only thing he hasn't done is added that rushing element. Um, I don't know if we're we're going to see it because they are using both of of their backs so much and not necessarily dropping back a ton to where Dak will pull it down and, and add on those five or six runs, but he might give you a couple. And, and the Giants, they do rank bottom 10 against quarterbacks when adjusted for strength of schedule. So it's setting up for another um, nice 20-plus point game for Dak like we've seen three times already this year. He seems extremely safe every single week, even in this in this spot, especially against the Giants. Like you mentioned, I think their defense has been a little bit disappointing this year. And I mean, Dak is just playing like out of his mind right now. He's, yeah. he's so he's playing so well, so efficiently. He hasn't needed the volume. We're going to talk a little bit about the pass catchers later on uh, in one of the sections. I, I, I'll bring that up. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree. Dak, really strong play there. My expensive quarterback, I would put him as pseudo expensive. $28 for Jalen Hurts. Listen, Jalen Hurts like just keeps clearing 20 points every single week. Even if he doesn't Easily. play well, he just gets there. You know, I think it just like I look at it and he's behind guys. You know, I, I considered Sam Darnold in the same game because I think that Eagles defense is just a nightmare right now from yeah. a rushing and passing perspective. But Jalen Hurts is a dollar cheaper. Jalen Hurts is the same price as Jared Goff. You know, yeah, J- Jalen Hurts is cheaper than Ryan Tannehill, uh, Joe Burrow, Jameis, Jameis Winston. Not like no, they're never going to let Jameis Winston throw thirty passes in a game. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. They're not going yeah. not going to allow that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's just like I think from a salary perspective, he makes a ton of sense. I really actually like this game environment too. I think Carolina's offense has played well. I think the Eagles' defense is, is super bad as well. So like. I just think from the rushing perspective, we know he has a floor, and I do think we've seen also that he verifiably has a ceiling. I think he's getting better each and every week outside of that Dallas game. Yeah, I mean, we we saw him, obviously it was against the Chiefs, um, but go for over 300 yards, and, and he's just adding so much with his legs, and his floor is so high. Like, he should be priced up around Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert. Um, but the way he's priced, it's just, I mean, Yahoo's salary is so interesting. Like, people just might get weirded out with... Um, 
with the double digit salaries that if they've played on yeah. other sites, but but the they they give us these values sometimes that don't make sense. And Jalen Hurts is just one of those this week. And it, it opens up a lot to um to get really creative. And the reason I like Jalen Hurts a lot is because if you are playing him in tournaments, he does so much on his own that he's one mm-hmm. of the rare quarterbacks that you don't have to necessarily force in one of his pass catchers. Um, even in the largest field tournaments, you could just roll out Jalen and then load up on all the other players that you like and not worry about having to stack his games. Yeah, it, it makes so much for any, you know, we've got, I'll bring up DJ more later, but great bring back candidates on the other side. Yeah. You know, we have um, just so much appeal there. I agree. I think Devontae Smith is not the worst play in the world this week um, because the air yards have been there. The volume has been there and he's just so, so good. But and obviously the Panthers secondary is kind of in transition uh, with they just added Stefan Gilmore. I think what they said he's going to come up. He's not going to play this week, but like, you know, like they, there is. They're obviously a secondary in transition. They just traded for CJ Henderson, who got burned for a touchdown last week. So <laughs> yeah, um, there was a good uh, there was a good sound clip of Amari not realizing that it was uh, a guy that he went to one of his rival high schools, and he was <laughs> like, "Oh, I didn't know that was his first game with them. I had no idea who that guy was. I just ran uh, past him and scored." Oh, that's great. <laughs> there are some really good in-game sound clips. There was one I saw between like uh, I can't, some random player on the Texans defense and Josh Allen. Like he just ran past. Him. Hey, where'd you go? To, where'd you? Where are you from in California? <laughs> yeah, like just. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm from Fresno. Do we, do we know each other? Oh, great. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And I just go back. <laughs> it's like this guy's putting up, like, yeah. just destroying your team right now and yeah. just having a casual conversation. Like, oh, we're just going to lose 40 to nothing. But it's nice <laughs> to meet you, man. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I was, uh, like, here to talk about a surprise. I was legit surprised to see your pick for a $20. Like, I get it, $20 quarterback. Yeah. But um, talk to me about Mac Jones against the aforementioned Houston Texans, which might just be the whole thesis behind your play here. It's it's like I said, it's one of those weeks where we don't have point projections, especially on the team level that are blowing you away. So mm-hmm. the Patriots with uh, implied point total over 24, it's it's kind of near the top. It's only their second time over 24 points. And uh, this isn't the, the run funnel, the Houston Tex- Texans, they're kind of bad across the board, but they're a bit of a run funnel, not not as much as we saw against uh, as Tampa Bay, but we did see a Tampa Bay defense that if the way to attack them is through the air and Bill mm-hmm. Belichick let Mac Jones do that, he just let it throw a ton, I think it was 50 plus times, and Houston is kind of that team. They're like top half of the league in adjusted points um, against running backs, but they're last in schedule adjusted fantasy points to, uh, to quarterbacks. They've allowed tw- at least 22 Yahoo points in three of their four games. They've allowed two passers to go over 300 yards and a lot of people look at these um, raw passing numbers or or raw passing rates but if we look at um, passing rate over expectation which is just like based on how and when teams pass based on their win probability score differential New England's passing at the fifth highest rate above expectation and they're also throwing an, an above average rate in the red zone so the way to attack Houston through the air Bill Belichick is uh he's going to be a, a play caller or well uh, Dan, uh, McDaniels is calling the plays but a coach that's going to let his team adjust to the strengths and weaknesses of other teams uh, and actually think this is our chance to see Mac Jones kind of turn that volume into a very efficient maybe even a ceiling game against a really bad Houston secondary. I really like that call. Um, yeah. It- I love that you bring up the schedule adjusted metric. I've started to use it more in my articles as well. Um, and like, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, yeah, you, the, you might think that the Texas defense looks bad because they got smoked by Josh Allen, but the schedule adjusting does do that for you. Um, it's, 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 it's actually a really good play. I didn't, I didn't consider it. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I'd considered doing like a lot of Damian Harris this week, but backing off that a little bit, thinking about how they might just go like, dink and dunk through the air, like slowly matriculate the offense down the field. That makes a lot of sense to me. Another rookie quarterback who I think is interesting. I mean, I think we got to talk about Trey Lance at $23. Yep. Gonna, I think he's going to start, you know, we're, we're taping this on Thursday. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice today, was not involved at all. So I, I don't expect Garoppolo to play. I never really expected Garoppolo to play. I think I still think they're kind of doing like a save his, save his pride sort of thing for old Jimmy yeah. there. But uh, who knows? <laughs> um, one way or another, I think Trey Lance starts this week and you know, when you look at Arizona's defense, they're not quite as drastic as what you just talked about with Houston, but they're definitely stronger against the pass, like pass rush perspective than they are on the ground. Seems silly to talk about that with the quarterback. but We know that Trey Lance, like he took off rushing seven times in one half. He had 20 plus fantasy points in one half. Like it, yeah. it's this the, the floor is going to be there for him as your fantasy starter. And I really think when you look at the way just watching the Cardinals on film and it, like it shows up statistically, they've they've allowed 
for like they've allowed I think the tenth highest yards per carry, seven touchdowns on the ground. They struggle with their run fits because they're so aggressive. So there are times when they just will leave these wide open gaps in the rushing game. We said like we saw Kyle Shanahan say after the game last week. I didn't draw like that was not a game plan drawn up for Trey Lance. We didn't know he was going in until like the last minute of the start of the second half. I think this time they're going to have some stuff drawn up for Trey Lance. Like I, TJ, like from a bold prediction standpoint, I wrote in our article this week that I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for like 100 yards on the ground in his first start. Like I think from a rushing standpoint, they could be that aggressive uh, on the ground, San Francisco. Yeah, the one of the um, the beat reporters for the Niners that that works for the Athletic was asked what what the game plan is going to look like for the Niners, and his quote was something to the, to the effect of like it's going to be back to the future when Shanahan had um, Robert Griffin as a rookie yeah. and, and and Alfred Morris, and basically all they did was run, and, and Griffin ran for um, almost nine hundred yards that season, I believe. So Crazy. I, I think yeah, so I think it's it's going to be a situation where uh, they they are just going to let Trey Lance run like crazy and and he's going to have we saw a flash of the passing upside right he hit Debo mm-hmm. for 70 for a 76 yard touchdown and he's not going to throw up 40 times he's probably not going to be a, an uber efficient passer right out the gate um but he can be efficient in terms of, of touchdowns if yes. he doesn't throw a bunch and and can let you know let Ayuk let let Debo let Kittle do what they do best uh there's a chance where those pass catchers can um turn his his passing into big days because they're really good they're all really good with the ball uh, so yeah. I, I love Trey Lance this week. Yeah, and I mean it's just the outside the numbers thing. Like they're gonna Jimmy does not throw outside the numbers. He's exactly. not throw downfield. Like that's why Debo's been eating so much. I don't think Debo's gonna stop eating or anything. But like no. that's a big big part of it is that he's gonna open up the full field. Hopefully is Trey Lance. So we shall see. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch all these NFC West games, but especially this one uh, this weekend. All right, let's move to running backs and give me your first uh, expensive running back. He's actually just twenty three bucks. Yeah, not not expensive uh, in absolute ter- terms, but I mean relative to the field, he's priced as the RB eleven. But uh, Saquon Barkley at twenty three dollars is still priced too low as the RB eleven. What are we doing? Too, too what are low. we doing? I mean, yeah, it's it's so it's it's just a straight usage um, versus salary thing here for Saquon. He's he's um, one of four running backs that has seen his touch share increase every single week. Obviously, um, they they did say an ease him back in plan, and it's literally been ease him back in. He's seen a gradual increase every single week up until last week 90% of the backfield touches third highest um, in backfield touch share in week four and even with his ease in to uh, the workload he's fifth in routes run per drop back among all running backs on the season uh, so all of that puts him as a top three positional value uh, on four for four there's lots of ways to attack this um, game uh, between New York and Dallas I really like going with Saquon um, as any anyway I'm building a around this game i like including saquon in it because he is just so cheap outside of the top 10 running backs yeah i agree i think he's just too cheap for the amount of workload he's gonna get so i i totally love that one i so i wrote this on the outline as <laughs> yeah, i love nick, it i love nick, it i love it <laughs> well initially i wanted to go austin eckler at 28 dollars yeah. in this in the same game mm-hmm. and because austin eckler by the way is a 67 67 percent First and second down success rate, like early down success rate is a really good metric for just like, again, how you're moving the ball, get first downs, touchdowns, whatever on early downs. I think that's encouraging for Austin Eckler, who's typically we're thinking of like a third down back. I think he's ready to like take that next up. We saw him have a great game on Monday night. So I was like, oh, Austin Eckler, 28 bucks. And then I thought to myself from like, I'm trying to be smart about this. Right. So, but I want you I want you to clear this with me. As if this, as if I'm either too galaxy branding myself, or I'm actually not thinking about it enough. Enough. Nick Chubb at twenty eight dollars. The Browns are road underdogs, two and a half point dogs to the L.A. Chargers. Typically, this would not be the setup for a Nick Chubb type game, right? Like because Kareem Hunt has been out there, whatever. You know, you typically want to use Nick Chubb in games where, or the, he, Nick Chubb is going. Let me say this: you're going to be. Nick Chubb is going to be popular in games where the Browns are favored. They can really mm-hmm. yep. just sit yep. on the ball, whatever. But and obviously that does not not really the setup here against the Chargers. The Chargers can sling it. They're a really good offense. Whatever. They're at home for whatever that's worth. <laughs> They're at home. <laughs> <laughs> and but it, Nick I don't know. Chubb, I don't know how well the Browns are traveling. Uh, Browns yeah. fans are traveling in California. Yeah. I think they'll be alright. No, nah, no, nah, they'll be alright. It won't be like when the Raiders came out to thunderous applause in their own yeah. home stadium. <laughs> um, that was a tough scene. But Nick Chubb going against this run defense, 
which I think this defense is a run funnel for sure. Yes. I know Josh yeah. Jacobs and I mean, what's whatever Josh Jacobs has got in his body at this point was not able to take advantage of uh, that run defense on Monday night. But I think like it's kind of again, tell me if it's too galaxy brainish or if I'm on the right track here. I'm just never on the Chubb train in DFS just because I'm he's such a, a guess. Um, he's always going to be splitting work with Hunt and especially when he like I'm never eating the chalk on Nick Chubb. Obviously, he's not going to be chalky this week. I will say that the Chargers, they keep everything in front of them. So you're not going to be able to beat them deep. They have a spectacular pass rush. So it's not a team that you're going to want to to drop back a lot against. And the Browns are already a team that doesn't do that. We saw what happened with the Raiders last week. They yeah. Derek Carr just got destroyed by the pass rush and then he kind of went into kind of went into a shell. Actually got called out for going into a shell. Oh, don't Bosa, say that Bosa though. Called... It make Derek Carr mad and make him upset though. <laughs> well, I it looked like making him upset worked pretty good last week. Um <laughs> so uh I, I mean this is we have seen teams when they're playing against the Chargers, the, the way to attack them is on the ground. We we saw it with the Clyde Edwards Hilaire play as chalk a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I mean I, I do think it is the way to attack them. I just think that for Chubb to pay off because he isn't seeing like a ton of passing down work and and uh, he might go for for a hundred, but the the huge running back share isn't going to be there because of Hunt. Like you almost always need him to score twice to pay off at least in tournaments. So he's just kind of a player like in the past we've talked about. You need to guess your Derrick Henry weeks. Obviously that hasn't been the case this year. Um, Nick Chubb is one of those players. Just go, it feels like you always have to guess his weeks. So he's just kind of a player that never really makes it in my player pool. That makes sense. So I, that, just... that's, I don't know if that's answering your question for week five. No, Maybe no, I'm just I, dancing around it. I think it. Well, the answer to it then is clearly that it is a guess, and I think yeah. I'm willing to guess that this is one of his big weeks. I'm willing to make the guess this week, but um, I would understand if, if somebody else is not. Talk to me about your second running back here who had a really nice showing on Sunday Night Football. For Somebody on the Bucks had a nice showing on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, uh, Leonard Fournette at $18 is 4 for four's top running back value. He's our top three value um, across all positions. Tampa Bay's favored by 10.5 points against the Dolphins. That's the biggest uh, spread uh, of the week. And Leonard Fournette, 20 touches in a regular season game last week for the first time since December 2019. Now, we did see Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. Once they they decided that they could give Fournette 20 touches, they started kind of leaning on him. He had three games in the playoffs um, with 20 touches, and this game sets up as another game where they can uh, attack on the ground. Miami is 30th in schedule-adjusted points allowed to running backs. They've allowed three 100-yard rushers, uh, and they've also allowed the Bills rushers to combine for over 100 yards. So every backfield every backfield has combined for over 100 yards on the ground um, against Miami last week. And I, I think we we expected, we called the the Jonathan Taylor get-right game against Miami last week. And I, I was that last week or was that the week before? We'll say um, it was last week. It sounds good. <laughs> um, but Fournette gets that gets uh, a really bad Miami um, run defense this week as well. Hey, man, I, I kind of don't know why the Bucks haven't just turned to Fournette as their their clear cut guy before last week. You know, like enough with the Ronald uh, enough with the Ronald Jones thing man like yeah. it, we get it we we get it with Ronald Jones we know what we have there at, the, at this point like he's not going to suddenly like become one of the best backs in the league so Fournette's like whatever he's not as bad as like pe- people love to rip on Leonard Fournette he's not that he's not as bad as people like to rip on him he's just not like the guy that should have been drafted fourth overall but I feel like we sure. knew that at the time why are we still counting that all these years later um, and he can be like functional in the past he's going to drop a few but he can at least be functional in the <laughs> passing game yeah. so with with Geo still ailing so I like that I mean at $18 I like that a lot more than my $18 uh, play now at this point Damian Williams I did put down here just simply as a volume based guy I think the Bears will continue to be rather run heavy um the matchup is kind of whatever against the Raiders both from like a game flow perspective and from just a pure matchup perspective but I mean listen Austin Eckler ripped them up and like I don't I don't think their run defense is completely fixed so I think their pass defense has definitely taken a step forward their pass rush has definitely taken a step forward but I'm remain unconvinced that the Raiders are not a run defense to exploit so Matchups all right here for Damian Williams, not to, and I think the volume will be there for Damian Williams. So I, this will probably be the cheapest he is during his uh, time replacing David Montgomery. 
Yeah, I think he's a fine play. Um, again, he's he's a, a volume versus salary play, and we've seen Damian Williams pop in um in start duty before. He he's got uh workhorse type type touches when he's been asked to step in. Um, obviously with the Chiefs, not with the Bears, but um we've seen him be able to step into these roles before, and I think this is a spot where where he'll be able to do it. And and who knows? I mean, Chicago has a really good pass rush themselves, so we don't we can't necessarily bank on yeah. the Raiders having a big bounce back game this week. They could have similar struggles to what they saw and if they keep it close that's good for Damian Williams game flow that's kind of my thought was like I don't think the Raiders are going to just take it way out here and you know David Montgomery was a guy that was like among the league leaders and touches here so like I think that they're just going to basically turn and give that workload to Damian Williams like I don't see like Khalil Herbert or something like that if Herbert Herbert's a guy you might want to stash in your leagues because Williams has did have an injury and has an injury history, but nevertheless, like I think in this game, as long as he's healthy, he can probably push for 20 plus touches. And at $18, that's a pretty good little bargain there. All right, enough of these running backs. Let's move to the best position on the field. Let's talk about wide receivers here. I think both of our top wide receiver picks are just like inappropriately priced. Uh, let's start with yours, uh, Terry McLaurin. Best position on the field, uh, one of best Matt Harmon players uh, in history, Terry McLaurin at $22. Four for four does a wide receiver breakout model. And basically what we do is calculate expected points based off all of their usage. Over the last three weeks, Terry McLaurin is eighth in expected mm. points among all pass catchers. That's just not wide receivers, includes tight ends as well. Eight a month, all pass catchers and expected points. Um, New Orleans, when we adjust for strength of schedule, 25th against wide receivers. We've seen DJ Moore go for 879 and one on 11 targets. Uh, Jacoby Myers, 9 for 94 on 14 targets. Kenny Galladay last week went for 6 for 116 on 7 targets. So those number ones against the Saints um, defense have been doing really well. Uh, and he just fits. The, there's there's a, a cluster of very valuable wide receivers this week that are just very oddly priced for some reason. There's five players on the slate that are averaging nine and a half targets and a target share above 30%. We have Devontae all the way up at $33. Then we get Debo down at $24. Then we get a dip down to Terry McLaurin at $22, and then there's two more at $20. One of them is... Well, first, let me just talk. I'm not going <laughs> to let you just like let me lead right into DJ Moore here, but before not talking about Terry McLaurin, I mean, number one, I was smiling over here, not just because I love Terry McLaurin, but also like you could have just said for the Giant, uh, for the Saints analysis, like damn Saints defense let old John Ross get behind him for like a 52-yard yeah, touchdown. I guess that's more important than any number one receiver going off against them. Yeah, huh? right? And they let old K- like Kadarius Tony had a pretty decent game. That guy doesn't even know how to run routes, but he was getting oh, off man. the line of scrimmage against, uh, against some of these Saints cornerbacks. So, yeah, yeah I mean... I think it's not a bad spot for Curtis Samuel either. I don't know if I have the stones to play Curtis Samuel because he's still coming back from an injury and was mostly a part-time player last week. But I think from like from maybe not from probably not from a daily fantasy perspective with the entire you know, pool available to you. Yeah, go ahead. I, I actually think Curtis Samuel might catch some steam going into the week. I think there's going to be a couple really? touts that are going to be talking him up because of of all the things you just um, you just mentioned. So I mean, I he's not going to be like a chalky player, but I think he could end up being like. 10% of lineups because he's so cheap. And I don't, yeah, and I, I think, I mean, I don't know if, if I'm, I have the stones to play him either. I mean, the thing is, too, like, the Saints are a very man coverage heavy defense. Terry McGorn, Curtis Samuel, great at beating man coverage, and no Logan Thomas. And I'm not, I'm like, Ricky right. Seals Jones yes. ain't stepping up to, like, become a target hog there. So, <laughs> no, like, they're going to no. need Curtis Samuel. Deami Brown yeah. hasn't really played that well in, which he's a rookie. I'm not worried about it. But, yeah. like, he, you know, he hasn't played that well in the absence of Samuel. So, I think they have big plans for Samuel. They want him out there. I think he could. I, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I kind of like it. I mean, he's $14. So, it, I kind of like our two cheaper plays more than Curtis Samuel. But, anyways, let me finish here with DJ Moore. There's not a lot to say, dude. DJ Moore, why is he 20 bucks? Like he's a stud. He's he's an it's, alpha receiver. We've been talking I feel like we've mentioned DJ Moore literally every episode of the podcast. Did did his salary go down or did it just stay the same? I think same? it stayed I mean, the I know same. Yeah, that's it's crazy. It stayed the same. DJ Moore has been getting red zone looks too, actually getting looks near the end zone, which is what we want to see. The targets are there overall, the skill set is there, the A dot is where we want it to be. And I mean, I think last week, like we were talking about maybe Chuba Hubbard can take over some of that passing downward. No, they just were like, let me just Sam Darnold's like, let me just keep relying on this guy who is is the guy here and DJ Moore and uh, the Eagles stink. Uh, They were just (laughs) destroyed last week. I think that Sam Darnold can have another steady game and like DJ Moore's just I'm almost ready to just say he's like going to 
trying to say exactly what I want to say here, which is number one. I want well, you know what? I'll just say both things. Number one, I think he's like a guy we can almost bank on for like nine plus targets a week. And yeah. two, I think by the end of the year, he's going to be a $30 receiver. So until he is a $30 receiver, I'm going to play DJ Moore every single week until he gets up into that range. Yeah, he should be. I mean, his, his usage is any usage metric you look at, he's in the Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams range, and there's there's no reason for it to fall off. And he's as good, as talented as any receiver in the league, right? I mean, yeah. he's just, he's great. Um, he's, and great. he's in a great scenario. Um, they're using him like he should be used. So I, I agree with you. And even when he does get up to 30, probably still going to be usable. Yeah, he'll be in play there. But like until he's at that point, like I will play him every yeah. single week until he's I there. Agree. So good. We can just clip that uh, and play that like whatever. Classic me, by the way, where it's like, I'm going to keep this simple. And then we just talked about DJ yeah, Moore let's, for three let's minutes. Automate, let's automate the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just yeah. We're we'll, playing that every week. <laughs> we can have the CMC discussion, the Derrick Henry discussion, <laughs> uh, the Nick Chubb discussion, the DJ Moore discussion. Boom. There's the show. We don't even have to show up here to do this podcast anymore. No. Just, ha- <laughs> uh, you know, auto, auto tune our uh, voices to say like week 12 or whatever. I don't know. Beautiful. Stupid. I'm such an idiot. All right. Darnell Mooney, 12, 12 bucks. You've got him uh, as your cheaper receiver player. Um, another wide receiver that ju- whose salary just isn't matching up with the workload. He's been seeing seven plus targets in three of his four games. Uh, we saw his targets per route run spike last week with Justin Fields. He was 17th in air yards with 118 air yards. He's one of two players averaging over six, at least six and a half targets and at least 25% of his team's targets that is priced below $15. He's going to be next to another popular player in Damian Williams, but I think you can get a lot of value, especially if you just like, I do think there is some sneaky ways to stack, stack this game, um, save a lot of salary and then just get up to a lot of the studs. But uh, like I said, he's just so cheap compared to the workload that, that he's been getting. And we saw that big spike with fields last week and a lot yeah. of times Times, a lot of times those things just carry over like when when the new quarterback finds his new target as much as you know we think it, it maybe you think it should be Allen Robinson um so many times these rookie quarterbacks or new quarterbacks come in and they just have their guy and that might be the case with Mooney and Fields yeah I mean Mooney's a good player too so yeah. like I think he's a role player he's probably not a long-term number two receiver but I do think like his his big weeks are worth chasing I mean when you just look at weighted opportunity right now like target share combined with air yards you're going to look at the top 12 and you're one of these things is not going to look like the other it's darno mooney's up there <laughs> right. with some of these like yeah. elite stud receivers yep. in the nfl so yeah i mean i definitely think that darno mooney is worth chasing in this spot for sure um similar price range look man one of these damn weeks one of these damn weeks jacoby myers is going to score a touchdown i feel like if i go on like basically what i've been doing so far through the 2021 nfl season tj is like i've gone on each show not not like each one each week, but yeah. one show a week and just predict that this is the week that Jacoby Myers scores his first career touchdown. So we're going to make it here this time this week. I'm going to say Jacoby Myers is going to score his first career touchdown this week. He's got to <laughs> do it, right? I mean, well, listen, this is like a, turning into a, a surprisingly uh, Patriots heavy show with what we have coming up next. But yes. I just talked about why Mac, why I like Mac Jones, um, why I like attacking Houston through the air. They're they're vulnerable through the passing game. So if Mac Jones is going to have a big game, why not his number one wide receiver? I mean, Jacoby Myers is getting stud receiver usage. He's mm-hmm. like number three in routes run in the entire NFL. He's top 10 in targets, top 10 in catches. The explosive plays haven't been there, which... I think is because of the way they're calling offense and also just because of Jacoby Myers skill set. Like he's a guy who wins short and intermediate. He's not really a vertical threat, but um, I mean, damn it, man. Like he's just on an, he is on an absurdly historic, like touchdown drought. So at yeah. some point he's scoring a touchdown. I project him in my fearless very, forecast. It's weird, right? I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very Danny Amendola esque. Yeah, but I mean, he's also probably got the best arm on the Patriots too. By the way, <laughs> he's he can sling that thing. Um, but I mean, it is it's weird. I projected him for eight catches and one hundred one yards in my fearless forecast this week because uh, I think I had previously said he was going to score his first touchdown in fearless forecast. And like I said, I'm trying to spread that prediction out over the show. So eventually, we can just run one of these clips back when I get it right. Um, that is how you do professional uh, football media, baby. That's a little note to all the kids out there. All right, let's move along to tight end. Like you mentioned, you've got yet another Patriot here. Uh, John Smith down at fifteen dollars. 
He's the leader in targets per route run among tight ends. He's tied for the most targets inside the 10-yard line among tight ends. The Texans are last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. This is only the second time the Patriots have had an implied point total over 25 points this season, and he's not even the most expensive tight end on his own team. What else do I have to say about Jonu Smith this week? I don't know, man. I mean, are you worried that he's got a lot of targets per route run because he's not actually running that many routes? Yeah, I mean, for sure. But that's why people aren't. I mean, yeah, that's why people aren't going to be on him. I think like his snaps are down compared to Hunter Henry. But even with that targets somewhat comparable and then those high value targets, those targets inside the 10, he already has three this year. That's up there with with Gronk, with Higby, with Kyle Pitts, um, you know, um, among the leaders in targets near the goal line. And, and those are the money targets especially in a half PPR scoring system like Yahoo. Yeah. I put Darren Waller down here just because I think like Darren Waller has gone too long without a monster game. This is, I mean, talk about like just simple of simple analysis here. We have seen the bears be weaker in the slot and, you know, down the middle of the field in terms of coverage. So there is some of that there, but you know, I I do think there's, this is a great week to look at like that 15, $16 range at tight end. And I think if you wanted to be a little different than the field, you know, Waller's gone three straight games with seven targets after having 19 in week one. I mean, 19 obviously was an anomaly. But, you know, it's just like I said, this is very narrative ish, but would not surprise me if this is like it's been too long since Waller has had a big game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned with um, with Mooney and, and you talking about Damian Williams, like this is just an interesting game to stack. It's one of those spots where when we suddenly start having all all these value pieces, I think people kind of forget that it could be a spot where we can just kind of start throwing them all together um, and and have some combinations that are a little bit unique because it we are thinking about them as as these one-off plays, and I don't think the, the Raiders or the Bears are teams that people are t- typically thinking about game stacking. So he kind of fits in with those cheap Bears that we discussed, and, and they open up the salary to get to him. So it it, um, it is just kind of kind of fits very nicely. Yeah, I'm kind of like I think the conventional wisdom about the Bears is that you know they're just going to be a bad offense for the rest of the year. And I mean, listen, I get it. I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into how this can work out as long as Nagy gets the hell out of the way. And I feel like because Bill Lazor has call is calling the plays now, that's definitely better. And the fact that I mean, there's you you will never be able to convince me that Matt Nagy came to the decision to start Justin Fields the rest of the season on his own. You not will not. Chance. No not chance. chance. Because after all the Andy Dalton BS on Monday, I guarantee you either like someone on ownership came down and was like, no start the kid, get out of here. And like, as long as Nagy is getting out of the way, I think we're, we're going to be in an all right spot. Didn't Nagy go out of his way to say that it was his decision. It's like, Hey man, that sounds oh. a lot like a, that sounds a lot like a guy whose decision it wasn't just like after <laughs> uh, the game, uh, just like after the game against um, what the hell team they play last uh, the, the lions after the, yeah. after the lions game, you know, he says like, I'm not talking about who's calling plays any week because anymore, because he's, what a, I mean, what a yeah. Sorry, Matt Nagy, but what a what a small thing to do. Like you know, it, if Bill Lazor did a good job and you got to win, just take it, bro. Like you're trying to save your job, man. I don't know. Anyways, that's it's enough Matt Nagy talk. The people really want to not talk about Matt Nagy. They want to talk about Cameron Brait, TJ. Cameron Brait, uh, his snaps have increased every week uh, since uh, week one. Obviously, that has to do uh, with Grok's injury, but. Uh, Brait saw 64% of the snaps with Gronk out last week. Cameron Brait's targets have increased every week along with those snaps. Um, he had six targets last week for a 14% share, and that lines up with what we were seeing from Gronk. Obviously, Gronk was scoring the touchdowns, but his target shares the first three weeks, 17%, 14%, 14%. 14% is what Cameron Brait saw last week. Uh, the Bucks have the highest, uh, not the highest, but one of the highest implied point totals on the slate. They are the biggest favorites on the slate, which being a favorite does actually actually set up well um, for tight ends. And if we look at how Cameron Britt was used, not just targets, but he was getting deep targets. He had a higher average target depth than Antonio Brown or Mike Evans last week. Mm. Is that sustainable? Probably not. But the point is, that if if they are going to use him down the field and, and use him in a relatively high volume situation, um, he's going to more than, than pay off his salary, at least in terms of usage, all the way down at the minimum $10. Yeah, I mean, again... Ten dollar tight end. You get you get Mac Jones at twenty bucks. You get Jacoby Myers at thirteen. Make that little stack there, or Johnny Smith yep. if you just like TJ better. Um, and uh, you play Cameron Braid at ten dollars at tight end, man. Like I mean, you're you're gonna get 
You're gonna get. That's how you get it to Derrick Henry. That's how you you're get, get it to, to Derrick Henry. Yeah, you're gonna get to Derrick Henry. You're gonna get to a lot more than just Derrick Henry too. There's a lot uh, you can do when you're building with those cheaper guys to start right there. All right, my guy is Mike Gusecki. Good usage, pr- pretty good spot here. I think. Yep. You know, whatever. He's he's better than sixteen dollars. <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean his. his I, b- I believe his targets per game are up to six and a half, and that's increased um, um, a bit with with Brissett in there. Um, and it's a spot where Miami, they're probably going to throw the ball and throw it quite well. So Gasecki has been a big part of that with Brissett in there, uh, and he's he's a, a fair price at sixteen bucks. I think that people will look at this Tampa Bay matchup and try to talk themselves into Jalen Waddell. They'll try to talk themselves into Devontae Parker because of the secondary injuries that Tampa Bay is dealing with right now, the fact that they've been so beatable by wide receivers overall. But Gasecki basically is a wide receiver, so I think he's like the kind of backdoor way to get to the upside of that matchup. I mean, there's not going to be huge upside because it's Jacoby Brissett, but um, they're going to be throwing well, the ball, like you mentioned. They're going to be throwing no the ball. way they're running the ball, right? So, I mean, they, uh, no, they might, they don't even, they might who, have who they to run the ball it. with anyways. Yeah, exactly. So they might have to just, they're, they're going to run plays, and those plays are probably going to be passed. So, I mean, even if Brissett has a horrible line, somebody can easily have a, you know, in a horrible passing game, you can still go for 600 if you're throwing it 40, 45 times, and Kaseki can can have that type of line this week. There you go. I am so jealous that you picked this defense. Washington, again, another bare minimum salary, $10. Um, I, I just kind of like the way this sets up. Uh, Jordan Vanek writes a, a value column uh, for Yahoo uh, from 4 for 4 and, and just pointed out, like, Washington, they, they're a defense that, they're pretty good against the run. They're going. They're struggled against the pass, but New Orleans doesn't want to no. throw the ball. So yeah. Washington is going. They they at least can kind of push New Orleans to hopefully do that. Force Jameis to throw more than they want to. I know they begin some Taysom Hill packages in there, but force Jameis into throwing it more than they want to. Hopefully get bad Jameis. And I'm going to like hope in this spot that Washington's pass. I mean, I. It's kind of inexplicable how yes. bad their pass rush has been after how good they were last year, right? And New Orleans is bottom 10 in adjusted sack rates, uh, sack rate allowed according to Football Outsiders. So, I mean, I, I think we have to see some kind of reversion by this Washington pass rush. Maybe last year was the anomaly, but I don't think that they are the worst pass rush in the league. Um, so I, I think we should start to see that turn around a little bit, especially if they can force New Orleans to throw more than they want to. Yes. Um, I love the $10 play there. I really almost, you know, in our like analyst DFS lineup, our FFL lineup, I, I was really considered. I'm still, I mean, obviously I got a lot of time until then I can still do it. But, um, uh, yeah, I really was considering it too, because like, I know they want to make Jameis a game manager, but Jameis is still Jameis, which is by the way, insane that it's like game manager Jameis, but, um, they don't throw the ball well. They don't throw the ball efficiently. And I, I do think, yeah, at some point Washington has to get right. They've played, <sighs> They played like a whatever schedule so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Ryan is, is is not that good anymore. He like threw a, a that was an absolute lollipop on that touchdown to Cordero Patterson. So but Cordero, still, oh man, we'll see if they can get right at some point. Um, I'll tell you what doesn't take a let me. I will keep this short. The Patriots at sixteen dollars against Davis Mills. Davis Mills is Davis Mills, and he's thirty second in EPA per dropback among quarterbacks. Was shut out last week by the Bills. I'll leave it at that because that one's pretty easy, I think. <laughs> that one's, yeah, that one's easy. That one's easy. I took the easy route there. took the layup. All right, talk to me about your flex play, who I really like here. I'm glad you like this one, and it's one that that I kind of stumbled on um, late in my research, and we've actually talked about this game a bunch, but stacking it and maybe finding spot to get unique. I think Henry Ruggs at $15 is a really interesting way to get unique. Um, we already mentioned Damian Williams, Darnell Mooney, Darren Waller, all could be relatively popular plays this week. Henry Ruggs, I do not think will be a popular play at all. Carr, Derek, Derek Carr's top three in intended air yards. Henry Ruggs, his 112 air yards per game, uh, ranks eighth among players that have played all four games this year. He saw season-high 81% snap share last week. I mentioned four for four's expected points model when I was discussing Terry McLaurin. Henry Ruggs, top 17 in um, expected points among all pass catchers over the last three weeks. Chicago's 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Going back to those air yards between Carr and Ruggs, Chicago's allowed the seventh most completions on passes 20 or more yards downfield yeah i mean he i think he has the highest a dot among like starting receivers in the nfl right now so it makes sense from a big play perspective my flex play here uh is james connor i know this is a little weird but 
Chase Edmonds not practice uh, didn't he was like off to the sideline in Thursday mm-hmm. practice. It's one to monitor. I would say only if Chase Edmonds doesn't play. Yeah. Only if Chase Edmonds yeah. doesn't play. And but, but like look, think about it this way, TJ. And this is also like I'll give a season long take here why I think James Conner is like one of the best sneaky trade targets right now because I mean the guy has he's sort of basically um I think I said this on the podcast with Dalton. He's kind of like what I wanted AJ Dillon to be this year, which is like a guy who has like what the heck flex value um every single week because he's he has some he has a pretty decent amount of usage but also is just like getting goal line carries and a really high powered offense um so he sort of has that what the heck flex appeal but like if chase edmonds goes down you know he has monster upside because i know he's injury prone but he looks great right now uh he's playing really well this year obviously like he might just be a guy who has 500 yards and 11 touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's in the range of outcomes, but um, we've seen James Conner be a three down back before, like not over the course of a, a 16, 17 game season because he just, he's just not can't handle that load, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, whatever, but from in a short game sample, like if Chase Edmonds was to miss this game, I think James Conner instantly becomes a candidate for like 20 touch or 20 touches in um, a game where I, I, I think the Cardinals are a better team than the 49ers. I, I expect them to win this game. Even if I like Trey Lance's chances, um, I think the Cardinals will be playing a positive game strip. That's good for James Conner at just $19. I don't think he's a guy that people will click on. Yeah, be, before um, we did see Chase Edmonds limited um, on the sideline in that practice, he's a player that actually wrote up as one that I like in tournaments. But I think the point is that this backfield is just in a really good spot against the 49ers as big favorites. Um, I, I think that this backfield can be very similar to to what we've seen from, from Baltimore backfields, at least in the sense that they're probably not going to get a ton of yardage and carry opportunity, touch opportunity, even though they are combining for 31 touches per game. But there's a ton of touchdown equity from this backfield, even if you can't figure out who to play. So if one of them does go down or or if one of them is out for one week, then the other one just has a upside that's, that's through the roof. Even if they aren't seeing you know, 24, 25 touches per game, they could get it in there twice. Um, because this offense is so efficient, moving the ball so well that they're going to be able to give someone like Connor m- multiple touches inside the 10 or the five yard line. Yeah, I just think he's kind of a sneaky play in, in general over the course of the season. Like there are going to be some games where James Connor pops, obviously. All right, let's talk fades here. Uh, you've got a you've got a pretty interesting one to start with. Yeah, I, I I think this was your fate last week. I mean, it's week five and it's already all blending together. But uh, but but Najee Harris um, against the Broncos. Broncos are one of two teams that rank top ten in every against every single position and schedule adjusted points allowed. They're third against running backs. Um, Chase Claypool limited in practice. If he does return, I, I with a full complement of their their. Uh, three receivers uh, that that dings Najee Harris's uh, target and, and catch upside, even though we don't know if Roethlisberger can throw up more than five yards anyway. Denver has allowed 26 yards, 47 yards, 24 yards, 59 yards to starting running back. So if um, against a tough de- defense, if, if Najee isn't seen seven or eight targets, um, it, it could be a, a, a pretty tough floor game. Even though all of his snap share and running back share numbers are through the roof, um, this could be a really ugly one against a really good Denver defense. We know there's going to be some ugly games for the Steelers offense at some point. I mean, I love how Von Miller, I couldn't tell if he was trying to, he was being complimentary of current Ben or insulting of form, former Ben. And then he said, <laughs> like, I see the same old Roethlisberger to me. Like, I mean, that could, <laughs> could, could go both ways in that. That could be a compliment or an insult uh, with that quote there. I'll, I'll talk about the Cowboys receivers here. Love mm-hmm. Dak, as you mentioned. Um, I think Dak is a guy who we might get to a point where we just want to play Dak and, and like not stack him, you know, because they're throwing, I mean, they're, they're throwing the ball efficiently, but they're not throwing the ball with a lot of volume right now. Yeah. And if you just look at the target shares for these guys, CD lamb, 23.5% of the targets, Amari Cooper, 19.3% of the targets, then Dalton Schultz at 20.5. Like that's really not what we signed up for, you know, no. with these Cowboys receivers and Michael Gallup isn't even playing right now. At some right. point that's going to come and change things. So from a matchup perspective, there is some appeal, but still I find myself not wanting to guess between the two. Um, like I think there were scenarios where like both would be correct, but I don't know if that exists right now in the current iteration of the Cowboys offense. Their defense is too good. They're running the ball too well, and they're getting their ancillary players too involved. Yeah, they they the Cowboys are they are two players, Amari Cooper um, and CeeDee Lamb, that like 
pop as value plays on four for four because of their medium projections, but I didn't include them in my cash game player pool because I think both of their floor, floors are just so low. So much of what we projected this offense for, uh, as I mentioned with Dak, was predicated on the fact that we thought they were going to be throwing it 40 times a game or something like that. Um, and combining that with a very concentrated target share, we got the concentrated target share the first couple of weeks with Amari and CD. And then when Gallup went down, we're like, oh, they're both going to see 30% of targets every yeah. week. There's no way it's not going to happen. <laughs> and that's just not what's happening. Their running backs are so involved and, and Dak's so efficient. And they're just, I mean, even if Dak is crazy efficient, it's, it's kind of similar to like a, a Brown situation the last couple of years where like Jarvis Landry and, and Odell can see 25% of the targets each, but that's still only seven targets per game. And that's kind of what it is right now with these guys. So um, yeah, it's tough to rely on, on them without, um, without the volume. And, you know, you could, you could flip a coin and, and try to guess which one you're, you're playing with Dak in a tournament. But um, I definitely don't think you could trust their floors at all right now. At 25 and $24. I mean, there's just too much. We love too much about this 20 to 22 range yeah, with receivers. Exactly. Like we mentioned Terry McLaurin. We obviously mentioned DJ Moore. You know, Deontay Johnson then is yep. in there every single week. Jamar Chase is in there this week without Debo. Jair Alexander. Debo is in the same range as those Cowboys guys. I mean, Marvin Jones is 20 bucks. So Marvin Jones without yeah. DJ Chark is $20. I consider talking about him this week. So especially this week and always going forward, I'll be a little hesitant with these Cowboys receivers, but TJ, that's going to do it for us. Uh, anything you got before we get out of here, man? If you want to get last second uh, GPP thoughts, check it out on 4 for 4. We do a subscriber-only Discord show on Sunday morning. If you're looking for uh, a full slate of all DFS talk, every Friday streaming uh, DFS MVP with Matt Savoca. That's 3 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. The audio comes out um, about the same time this comes out, a little bit earlier. There you go. Look, if you found this at the DFS MVP feed, you already know about all that great stuff. If you found this at the Yahoo feed, definitely make sure to go check it out. And again, if you found this at DFS MVP, subscribe to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. We can do a lot of great different, a lot of different styles of show all through the week, different hosts, the whole thing. So make sure you subscribe wherever you find podcasts, wherever you're listening to this and go check it out. All right, that's it for us. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check us out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Until then, we're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.